Romans chapter 2, please. Romans chapter 2. We'll get right into the Bible study tonight. Might even let you out early. Don't count on it. Romans chapter 2. I hope this has been a help to you. Uh, I hope this has been uh, insightful. Uh, the goal of reading and teaching through Romans is to continue to help us grow in our doctrine and to understand what it is that the Lord has for us and how we've come through. Again, just history. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2 thus far has been really focusing in on sin and the effects of sin. Uh, sin as a general whole, uh, not necessarily unsaved or saved, but just sin. Sin as a general whole and where we come from. It's important to understand where we come from and how we've gotten to where we are currently. Romans chapter 2, we begin with verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Everybody is under sin. Every person, everywhere, all under sin. And he says, he continues, that every person, whether you think you can get out of it or not, verse 3, you can't escape it. You are in it. Verse 5, but after thy hardness and impotent heart treasures up unto the day thyself against the day of wrath and revelation of righteous judgment of God. So when we continue in sin, what happens is we just continue to heap up wrath. Not a good situation, okay? This is what happens with sin. We finished verse 11 last week, which said this, for there is no respect of persons with God. Every single person on planet Earth who has ever walked planet Earth, including Adam and Eve, are sinners. There is no respect of persons. I don't care if you're Jew, Gentile. I don't care if you're bond or free. I don't care if you're male or female. We are all sinners. Every one of us. We all deserve to die and go to hell. And we all deserve tribulation and anguish, which we can see in verse 9. I want to start with verse 12 this week, and I want to stop at verse 12. Because verse 13 starts a parenthetical thought, and I want to finish verse 12 before we get there. The Bible says this, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Let's stop there and have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that we have to be here studying your word again. Father, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I pray that it would be help, that it would be an encouragement. Father, most of all, it would convict us, Father, that we would leave here different than when we came. We love you so much. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to think about this for a second. Up until this point in Romans chapter 1 and 2, there has been no system for the judgment of sin. Up until this point. There's no mention of any system of judgment for sin. This is the passage of scripture in Romans that first introduces the law. The law. The law here is defined as the law of Moses, which we can find in the first five books, the Pentateuch. It's the writings of Moses, and we find them most specifically in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those are the most specific law-filled books. Exodus starts to mention them. We find them very much in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I want you to understand this is the law of Moses, but not that Moses gave the law. Listen, please understand this. Moses did not give this law. This law was given to Moses by God. Very important. Very important. The Jews hold Moses on high. He is spectacular. He is wonderful. He's an amazing man. And listen, he was. Great leader. 
awesome leader. But I want you to understand this is the law of Moses, not because Moses was the declarer of the law, but because Moses received the law from God and then gave it to the people. This is God's law. Please understand that. This is God's law. So hear me. It doesn't matter if you know the law or don't know the law. It doesn't matter. We are all sinners, and we will all be judged because this sin is against God. We established that last week. Sin is against God. God is the supreme being in all of the universe, and sin is against him. And so listen, look at verse 12 again. For as many as have sinned without the law, look, shall also perish without law. So if you are not bound under the law, then you're going to perish without the law because you're a sinner. If you are within the law, and as many as have sinned in the law, they're judged by the law. So here's a system, a framework, if you will, a system of judgment of sin. And the first mention of this in Romans. Now it's important to understand something very important about the how the Lord works with man. Now we're going to get into some big stuff here, all right? The book of Romans is somewhat of a transitional book. It's going from one thing into another. Paul is trying to explain to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles how God is working connectively in their midst currently, right now. Now, for 1,500 years, God worked with the Jews in what is called the dispensation of the law. Got it out. Are you ready for this? God worked with the Jews for 1,500 years under what's called the dispensation of law. We believe it started in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 20 is the giving of the Ten Commandments. From that point on, all the way into Matthew, to the birth of Jesus Christ, God is working with the children of Israel under Moses' law. Everything God has commanded is under the law. You are to live the law. You are to obey the law. You must obey the law. That is the dispensation of the law. Previous to that dispensation was the dispensation of promise. It was a promise to Abraham. To thee, I will make a great nation. And Abraham lived under that law. If you know Abraham, you know anything about Abraham, Abraham constantly was asking, all right, God, when are you going to give me this promise? When you've promised me something, when am I going to see the promise? When am I going to get it? And so he tries to have a relationship with Hagar in order to fulfill that promise. By the way, anytime you try to get in front of God, it's going to end very badly. There's a child with Hagar called Ishmael. And here today, now we have Arabs and Jews fighting constantly. If he'd have just waited for God, he would have had his son Isaac. Here... Then Isaac is given up as an offering. The dispensation of promise was in question. God, do you, did you really mean what you said? Is this really how it's going to end? We know the story God allows Abraham to not kill his only son. But God provides himself a lamb. There are three more dispensations before the dispensation of promise with Abraham. I'm not going to get into them, okay? We can spend a whole lot of time here. And we'll get into Abraham in just in uh, chapter 4. The dispensation of promise, we'll get there. 
There are three more dispensations before the dispensation of promise. We'll save those for another time. Dispensation, if you're wondering, is a Bible term. It's found in 1 Corinthians, it's found in Ephesians, and it's found in Colossians. The term dispensation means this, economy. Economy, administration, or stewardship. So if you can think about this, think about it as an era. Think about it as an economy. Think about it as how God deals with certain people at a certain time. He deals differently with people during different periods of time. Now, I'm going to make this statement. Every dispensation was by faith through grace. Every one of them. They had to trust by faith in the grace of God. Every one of them. That does not change through all dispensations. Hold on now. Every one of these is based on the covenants God makes to his people. There's the Abrahamic covenant. God makes a covenant to Abraham. There's all of these covenants and dispensations go with them. Dispensations, please hear me, are an incredibly important aspect to differentiating and studying the Bible accurately. You'll get into some things and you go, whoa, that's not what I understand to be true about the Bible. You'll hear things like, you have to work for your salvation. Whoa, that, that doesn't go along with my understanding of salvation. And we're going to get into that. Romans chapter 4 talks about that. Dispensations are incredibly important. That's why I bring this up now. There's not a whole lot here about dispensations. But he is talking about the law. Right after the law is the dispensation of grace. Grace. And all of us that sit here tonight are all under grace. We've experienced the grace of God. Galatians talks a whole lot about this. But dispensations are incredibly important. It is key to understanding how God is working with man at that particular moment in time. So specifically in this particular moment in time, Paul is referring to the law given by Moses. If you sin in the law, you're going to be judged by that law. If you sin within that law, this was seen over and over and over again in the Old Testament. Every time we look, we see people being judged by the law. We see this in Miriam. Remember, Miriam was a good person, wonderful. The Bible calls her a prophetess in some areas. Listen, I want you to understand, Miriam sinned in the law. She came up against Moses, her and, and her brother Aaron, and they came against Moses and said, how come you get all the good stuff? How come you're the leader? How come you're the chosen of God? We're of the same family. What does God do? Do you remember? Smites Miriam with leprosy. You know what the law said about leprosy? At, at least she had to go out the camp. She had to go out of the camp for at least seven days. So that's exactly what she did. She was unclean. The Bible says, if, if uh, God said, if somebody would have spit in her face, she would have to be outside of the camp for seven days. So let that be. That's the law. Okay? There are so many things. Listen, we could list over and over and over and over. How many things the law has to do? The do's and don'ts of the law. I mean, take some time. Read Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And those are the most boring books in all the Bible, right? Because that's what they're full of. They're just full of do's and don'ts. Please don't skip over them. They're important. We don't live under the law today because we've moved into grace, into the dispensation of grace. And that's what Paul's trying to point out here. 
But here's the reality. Everything was judged by the law. Now, there was also a group of people that were outside of the law. The Gentiles. Everybody who was not a Jew was outside of the law. They were, the Bible calls them barbarians. They were lawless. They had no law. They did not have law. They would die without the law. Look again in verse 12. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. If you have nothing to base it off of, if you have no system attached, that doesn't mean that you're not a sinner and that you're gonna pay, not going to pay for it. This, is, this has huge implications. Because there are people all over the world that say, well, that group of people doesn't know anything about the Bible. Huge implications. Listen, if they're sinners, the Bible says that they will die and they will go to hell. I, 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 don't, I don't like saying that because I want, I'm like, I want all people to know. But this has huge implications. Just because you don't have a system of belief, just because you don't have a system of judging sin, doesn't mean that you will not perish. Sin is sin. Sin is against God. But if you are in the law, you will be punished by the law. Sin brings death. Whether you are under a system for judgment of sin or not, you will pay for sin. The next three verses are all a parenthetical thought. We'll get there. But I want you to notice verse 16. The Bible says this. After he says the law shall be judged, many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Notice, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. You just transition. If you have the law and you're sinning in the law, or you sin without the law, it doesn't matter. Every, notice, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, the secrets of men shall be judged by who? Jesus Christ. According to my gospel. Paul just made a transition from the gospel of the law to the gospel of Jesus Christ different understand they're different we'll talk a lot about this but you must understand this paul just begins to introduce another dispensation the dispensation of grace again much of galatians is written about the difference between the law and grace we're not studying galatians we're studying romans but here's the deal i want to draw your attention to this point this is extremely important to mention here because Paul is beginning to show the people of Rome that there is a solution to their sin. He's getting there. Before you can show a solution, you must show how you are a sinner. Before anyone can ever understand their need for a savior, they must understand their sin. Paul's going to continue to do that. I want to draw your attention to the word in verse 16, secrets. Secrets. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Here's the deal. 
in every dispensation, hear me, in every dispensation, there is a way to outwardly show the right thing. Catch that? In every dispensation, there is a way to outwardly show the right things. Think about the law. Can you outwardly obey the law to the, to the mo- for the most part? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So there is a way to outwardly show the right things, but hear me, but to secretly live in sin. Oh boy. Romans chapter 2, look at verse 13. The Bible says this, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. So there's a group of people, obviously, that were under the law, that were hearing the law know the law, understand the law, could probably recite the law back to you, but those are not the ones who are justified. The ones who are justified are the ones who do the law. By the way, this is not a new concept. James chapter 1, in fact, if you're there, turn over there. James chapter 1 and verse 22, if you're following along, James chapter 1 and verse 22. This statement has been preached over and over and over and over again. Be a hearer, not a doer. If you are just a hearer, but not a doer, what's the point? James chapter 1 and verse 22, the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. The best way I can describe this is the way the Bible does. You wake up in the morning, you don't shower. You look in the mirror and you go, oof. When I wake up in the morning, my hair does not look like this. It looks far worse. I know it looks bad now, but it looks far worse. It is every which way. I inherited that trait from my father. It goes every which way. Listen, if I walk into the mirror and I look and I say, Ugh, that's terrible. Oh, see you later. Don't shower, don't do my hair, just go out and about. That's exactly what it is. I see that there's a need. I can hear that there's something that I need to do, but I don't do anything about it. I'm deceiving my own self. I have walked out of the house before, not asking my wife if it was okay to wear what I was wearing. And I come back home and she says, did you wear that all day? And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm, I'm getting weird looks like, what is this guy wearing? I'm deceiving myself thinking I look okay. But praise God for the word. <laughs> when she says, you shouldn't be wearing that. It's exactly what the Bible does. That's what the law did. Hey, this is what you need to do. You can hear it, you can understand it, but you need to do it. In every dispensation, please hear me, we have been very good at hearing, but very bad at doing. Very good at hearing, very bad at doing. But notice what Paul says here. He specifically brings in verse 14, the Gentiles, very specifically. The Bible says this, for when the Gentiles, notice, which have not the law. The Gentiles, 
were not under the law. In order to convert a Gentile, what you had to do was they had to become Jewish proselytes. They had to convert to Judaism. That was the point. They would begin to follow the Jewish law. That's how it worked. The law of Moses. This is what, notice what he says about the Gentiles here in Romans chapter uh, 2 and verse 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, watch, do by nature the things contained in the law. So they're obeying the law without knowing it. They don't, they don't live under the law. They don't have to live under the law. But by nature, they're doing things under the law. Look, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Verse 15. Which show, watch, the work of the law, watch, written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. The law was never given to the Gentiles. It was only ever given to the Jewish people. But if out of conviction, not knowing what was in the law, the Gentiles started doing what was in the law. I know that's confusing. But they're not given the law. They're not demanded to know the law. They just, out of conviction, this is what I need to do. I need to obey God. I need to listen to God. I need to do righteously. I need to do properly. It would be because of their heart. It would be because their heart was in it. Their consciences compelled them to do so. It would have been a heart decision. It would have been in their heart to do what was right. Please let me be extremely clear here. God is not concerned with what you do. He is concerned with your heart. Don't miss this. God is not concerned with what you do. God is concerned with your heart. Let me illustrate. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The Bible says this. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4 was written far before Romans chapter 2. But listen, God doesn't care about what you do. He cares about your heart. David said in Psalm chapter 51, you, Thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou desirest a broken and contrite heart, thou wilt not despise. God did not care that David could just give an offering. David, or God did not care that David could just sacrifice a lamb. God cared about David's broken heart. Prior to this, David was in line, long line of boys that were to be chosen for king. His brother, tall, strapping, good-looking man, firstborn, Samuel says, this is the one. God says, no, no, no. I have rejected him. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And he was passed by, and the next was passed by, and the next was passed by. And they said, do you have any other sons? Because there's nobody else here. Oh, yeah, there's this one, one son that we don't like very much that's out in the field. He's not even worthy to even be entertained to be the king. And God says, that's the one I have chosen because his heart was right. Listen, that's under the law. David, 
David knew that God cared about his heart. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Why does God care about the heart so much? Because God knows that when what you think about in your heart, what you do in your heart, what comes out of your heart is going to produce action. Someday, may not be immediate. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's going to come out. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7, ye hypocrites. Well did Esaias or Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want you to understand this this evening. Paul is trying to get everyone, Jew and Gentile, to realize, listen, it does not matter what God asks you to do. It matters your heart situation. That's what matters. And we're going we're to walk through this. Unfortunately, not tonight. But Paul laid them out in the next several verses. Every one of these things are important. We can do all kinds of things outwardly that are good and wonderful. Understand that. All kinds of things. Listen, hear me. I can get up and preach the word of God outwardly. Good thing physically. But hear me. My heart can be far from him. Can be. Should understand our secret lives will be judged our secret lives read verse 16 again with me in the day when god shall judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel coming a day where our secrets are going to be judged can i ask you a question why do you think that we can hide our secrets why do we think that we can hide our secret lives has anybody ever hit it? Ever? Oh, sure, for some time, no doubt. Sure, we can hide it for a little bit, but understand, as we think in our heart, so are we. What comes out of our heart is going to come through our lips. It's going to happen. Why do we think we can hide things from God? Pastor Holland preached several weeks ago about our secret lives. Why do we think that we can get away with it from God? God sees our heart. Maybe you say, well, I, don't, I know I can't get away with it from God. But you know what? I'm not seeing judgment come upon me right away, so I'm just going to keep doing it. But if there were people who knew, then I would change my ways. Listen, do you think that you can hide it from people? You can't. It's going to come out. We cannot hide it from anybody else. When speaking to the two and a half tribes of Israel, Moses said this in Numbers chapter 32 and verse uh, 23. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. The whole point was they were supposed to go in across the Jordan, 
west of the Jordan River and help them conquer. And if they didn't, they would be sinning against the Lord. It was their goal. Finish the job that God had given them. And if they don't, they would sin against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Can I challenge you with this tonight? Our secret lives are going to come out one way or another. Our secret lives are going to come out one way or another. It's going to happen. We can either have a heart for God, or we can have a heart to please ourselves. Which is it going to be? The heart is the key. Again, you can fake it for a while. I've, I've watched it. Oh, my goodness. I'm so young in the ministry, but I have seen so much already. It's incredible how people try to fake it. I can think of one particular person that would be just, I'm, I'm, I can see it so plain as day. And they talk a big talk. And they tell me about how God has just blessed them so much and how wonderful God is. And listen, they're just living in sin and it's going to come out. Most of the time when we get to that point, you know what we are? We're in denial. Not the Nile, in denial. We're in denial. Listen, it's not that bad. Listen, this is, we're going to get to that. That's exactly what the Jewish people are going to say. I'm not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. We're in denial. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. The Bible says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. You catch that? He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Listen, you can try to cover it up. You can try to keep it secret. You can try to do everything that you want to do. But understand, you will not prosper. It will come out. It's going to happen. Be sure your sin will find you out. But the, the Bible continues there in verse 13. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. I challenge you tonight. It doesn't matter if you have a religious system. If you have a system that judges sin. Or if you're just without the law. Everything. Everything is going to come to light. At the judgment day. At the judgment day. Listen, your hard action. Let me, let me ask you a question. Why did you come to church tonight? That's just what I do. I'm scared about what everybody else is going to think. Or did you come to hear the word of God? Hard action. You're not being judged on what you do. You're being judged on your hard action. That scares the fire out of me. Because you know, you know who can only see that? God and myself. Guys, listen. I've been in church my whole life. My parents were in church their whole lives before that. I know how to put on a show. It scares me. It scares me that I know how to do that. I don't want to do that. But listen, we have people every single week coming, putting on a show because that's what they have to do. going to be judged. Re read verse 16 again with me. 
in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. God is going to judge them. God is going to judge our heart motives. The next time we meet, we're going to get into specifics. Which, by the way, will not be next week is Boxing Day. We're going to cancel the Sunday evening Bible study. It'll be the week after. So the next time we meet, we're going to get into very specifics. In Romans chapter 2, we're going to get into how good we are at faking our relationship with God. How good we are at it. But for tonight, the main thing that I want you to take away is this. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Is your heart wandering away from God? Or is it drawing closer to Him? That's, hear me, that's only a question you can answer. And you, you, might, you might have all kinds of reasons as to why your heart is wandering. You could have, you could have all kinds of reasons. COVID. COVID hasn't been good for my relationship with God. I can't help you. That's a decision only you can make. Where's your heart? My relationship with my spouse hasn't been what it should be, and so that's hurting my relationship with God. My heart is no longer toward God. Again, who is the one who can change your heart? Only you or God. Again, fill in the blank. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. The question is this. Is your heart wandering away or drawing closer? I'll be honest with you. I want to see. I want to fix. I want to change every person. So badly. But I can't see your heart. And I'm pleased. I'm so pleased with some of the things I see. But it's only outward. Only outward. I have no idea if you're faking or if you're true. I, I hope to God that it's all true. And I'm the type of person that always gives the benefit of the doubt, but here's the reality. Only you know. Are you looking somewhere else? Or are you looking at God? What's your heart being drawn to right now? Is your heart being drawn to something that you know it shouldn't be? Or is it looking at God? Let me ask you, is there sin in your heart? Or can you say there is nothing between my soul and the Savior? Verse 11, I want to read again. There is no respect of persons. I don't care if you've been 1,500 years under the law. I don't care if you've been 90 years saved by grace. Sin is sin. God hates sin. And sin will be judged. Can I encourage you? Keep it away. Push it out. In our small groups, we've been talking about pushing out the, the people of, of the promised land, the Canaanites. Drive it out. Don't let sin sit there. Press toward God. Continue to have him. Is there sin? 
get rid of it. Don't let it sit there because it will be judged. We're going to talk about specifics next week or next time we meet. I hope you'll come and we'll get into that. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us. Father, I pray this would be convicting, challenging. Because, Father, so many of us are good at showing the right thing. Father, help it to be a part of our heart. As we're down this passage, Father, you, you tell us that we have, have basically distracted people from coming to know you because of our sin. May it not be once said among us. Convict us of our sin. Give us the strength through your power. Help us push it out. Never have any part of it again. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name.